this week's episode of Everything You Remember Sucks. I'm one of your co-hosts, Colleen. I'm also one of your co-hosts, Matt. And I am your third and most important co-host, Anoop. One day we'll figure out an order for that, and I don't pause awkwardly um, in between, but today is not the day. Well, it should always be ladies first, right? So if it's it's my week to pick the podcast, I go first. But then if it's Anoop's week, it should be Anoop and then me. And then you. You should always go last, I guess. Unless you're the one picking the (laughs) podcast, and then, I don't know. Okay, so, so it'll go me, then you, then you, then me, then Colleen, then Colleen, then Matt, then me, then you, then you, then me. <laughs> I can't wait for the listener write-ins to say, hey, you've broken, uh, <laughs> yeah. broken the cycle, I can't listen anymore, one yeah. star. One star, cycle broken. Alright, well, this week uh, was my week to choose, and I chose <clears throat> the sister movie of The Matrix, as we outroed last time. Uh <laughs> So it turns out in 1999, number one box office hit was The Matrix, and number two was 10 Things I Hate About You. Not just in 1999, in that week, they released on the same day, and <laughs> yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You came. I wonder how many times they would mix up 10 Things I Hate About You and Taming of the Shrew, but they came out on the same day, and admittedly, The Matrix outperformed it. I mean, to be fair, I hadn't seen The Matrix, but I had seen 10 Things I Hate About You, so... That's pretty much everything you need to know about these two films. (laughs) That's like Roger Ebert's like two thumbs up. It's like, has Colleen seen it? Well, then it's probably not that important. Yeah. The fun bit was like at work when I was telling people, because everyone at work was like asking me, oh, what's the podcast about this week? And I'd tell them. And it's like all the guys would be like, oh. And like any girl at work would be like, oh my God, I love that movie. Like nobody's going to appreciate this. I definitely watched it growing up with my like, female extended family but i remembered absolutely nothing about it yeah that's fair yeah i'd never seen it before um i kind of wish i had remembered more about it because i thought it was very very entertaining yeah i remembered bits and pieces like there's parts of it that i remembered but like the overall flow of it i didn't really remember and there were uh, It was fun to relive the late 90s fashion because I feel like currently 90s are in, but like I feel like we're still in the early 90s phase right now because when we were talking about Barney and how everyone on that show would be hip right now, (laughs) I did not feel the same way for 10 Things I Hate About You. I was just not enjoying anything that they were wearing. It was bad. It looks like everyone got hit by a shrink ray before going on set that affects them, but not the clothes. It's like... (laughs) Oh, here you go. Oh, yep. Okay, you're one size smaller than all the clothing you have on. Yeah, Um, everybody just needs a tailor. Like, we need to bring everything down. I was like, they're prom dresses. I'm like, these are very unflattering prom dresses. They really were. Yeah, the only one who looked consistently good was Heath Ledger. But that might just be more to do with who Heath Ledger is as a person. Welcome to the Heath Ledger hour, where we just pine over (laughs) Heath Ledger for an hour. Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll launch it off with something that was consistent throughout the movie, because I have seen very little films with Heath, Heath Ledger. Essentially, I've seen The Dark Knight, right? Yeah. I could not unsee the Joker the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, he is basically just the Joker in my mind, too, but I feel like for a large population, he's the guy from A Knight's Tale. And okay, so I fell in love with Heath Ledger from a young age, naturally, as a young woman. Um, 
most pretty much any movie that had Heath Ledger in it, I would be down with. And I remember the top my top three Heath Ledger. Well, I loved him as the Joker. I thought it was wonderful. But like top three hot Heath Ledger was the Joker. <laughs> was number one the Joker? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, was Brokeback Mountain? What a babe. Good mm-hmm. lord. I mean, who doesn't love a gay cowboy? I, honestly, it's. I mean, why do you think I'm living in Texas? I'm hoping to run into more <laughs> hot gay. <laughs> cowboys um and then what was the other a knight's tale and then 10 things i hate about you like those are my first three like oh i just wanted to squeeze him he was gorgeous well in case people didn't read in between the lines that this episode was going to be the heath ledger hour whatever i'd called it 30 seconds ago <laughs> what is 10 things i hate about you about because <laughs> okay. we've derailed very quickly right. um well i feel okay I, you guys want me to explain it because you know i'm bad at explaining this things. is your episode all right yeah, i'll explain it poorly and nobody podcast. will understand what i'm talking about um so julia styles heath ledger Oh my gosh, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I completely forgot that he was in this film. Like, I completely forgot it. And he was such a baby. He was such a little baby. Um, anywho, so Julia Stiles is this little little high school feminist, very against all of the norms. The shrew. The shrew, if you will. Um, and then Heath Ledger plays this, like, bad boy who I couldn't tell for about 80% of the movie if he was trying to get rid of his accent and trying to make it american or if he was and like failing or if he was going all out because it was really not and then at the end of the movie they were like oh what about the accent and i was like oh so it is because i felt like start of the movie he starts trying it sounds more american and then it slowly i feel like they make a joke about that pretty early on about him being australian yeah, I completely missed I must, that. I must have missed it. it was, there was definitely one well, at the end I know, she was like, what about the accent? And he was like, oh yeah, I grew up in Australia until I was Yeah, they, they make some throwaway joke. And it was the first time I did not know Heath Ledger was Australian before this movie. Me neither. No idea. We I had to look it up. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. I knew he had an accent, but I wasn't sure what it was. Because I've never... Like, all of his other movies, he doesn't have an Australian accent. That's, I mean... Do you know that for a fact? What? That in all the of ones his... that I've seen. Okay. The ones that I was fangirling over. Um, so here we are. Um, and I tried to explain the film, and then I didn't. Um... So you completely missed the mark. <laughs> so there is an attractive, popular girl at this high school that the new guy Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Baby extremely Joseph into, and of course. Their dad or her dad is very old fashioned and makes it so that unless her older sister, Julia Stiles, who is very, very against everything about high school, is dating, she can't date either. Right. So Joseph Gordon loves character. Can anyone help? What's his name in the movie? I don't know if it's important. Cameron. Cameron. Cameron devises a plot to tame the shrew. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. A noob sound, please. I'm not gonna be like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's literally the plot of the movie, man. <laughs> and well, dude, I, I mean, on. look at this amazing tie-in. People are going to be like, oh my god, it's based off the Shakespeare thing, even though it's plastered all over the Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> Devises a plot to get Bianca's sister. That's the, he has not explained who Bianca is. Oh. Bianca is the popular girl that everyone likes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is rough. Also, I love their names. Bianca and... It's Katarina not, oh, Katarina. Katarina. Yeah. 
Not they're like from Katrina the play. or Cat. They're both Catherine. from. They're the characters in the play. It's yeah. just so not a good like they could have. Come on. I mean, Those aren't good names. Kids weren't named Katarina. You at one point watching this movie said, oh, Bianca is such a 90s Bianca name. Bianca is so, a 90s name. Katarina yeah. is not. Well, anyway. she's, not, she's atypical. <laughs> she is. So Cameron devises this horrible plot to uh, pimp away, essentially, yeah. uh, Bianca's older sister. They hire Heath Ledger indirectly. It's very, very clever. Um, so clever. And... That sets our events in motion. Yeah. Long story short, Heath Ledger falls in love with her. Aww. Yeah. So cute. But not before she devises ten things about hating him. Uh, That's very, that's very loose naming convention. (laughs) Yeah. In terms of criticism of this movie, that ten things I hate about you thing has nothing to do with the plot. (laughs) Yeah. It's very much at the end of. End of the movie. So now right. that we've whittled down everyone listening to this besides just me editing it, how are we feeling? Everyone feel like they've got the plot? I mean, I'm sure oh. they don't. Look, if you want the plot to this movie, you can go look at the Wikipedia page. Yeah. But essentially, a guy wants to date a girl and can't date her unless her older sister is dating somebody, so he hires Heath Ledger to do it. And it's yeah. a very Shakespearean plot in that there's a lot of moving pieces. It's very much a comedy of errors. Like, you know, they're tricking these guys. Everybody's kind of an idiot. Like, nobody's really that good of a person in this movie. I think that kind of runs up against, like, modern storytelling conventions because you're supposed to like people. Mm-hmm. And by the end of this movie, they want you to like all the characters. But really, like, Cameron's a shitty dude. Like Cameron's dude, not a good guy. That's all I could think about. They yeah. like have a moment where they walk into the sunset, like Bianca and Cameron together, and I was like, literally at one point of this movie, you were snooping around her room for details for Heath Ledger to have to yeah to woo her. Yeah, I was like, like mm. yeah, like you're you're not a good person. Yeah. Heath Ledger never apologizes in this movie. He doesn't actually say I'm sorry. And I checked. I, I like I, you know, like I felt it at the end of the movie. Maybe somebody can go back and watch it frame by frame. But there is no <laughs> adequate apology from Heath Ledger at the end of this movie. She forgives him, which is great. I mean, good on her. But he never apologizes. Bianca's like a really shitty sister. Katarina mm-hmm. is annoying as shit. She is yeah. a shrew. Like I get it. Like be a feminist. I understand it's the nineties. It's hard to be like atypical, but at the same time, you're really annoying about it. Like you cannot be conventional and also just do your own thing. But she's so obsessed with what everybody thinks about her. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, these characters are the worst. But that's yeah, because she's of a Shakespeare. Total narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. In Shakespeare, were- I mean. It, it works surprisingly well as, like, a 90s skin on a Shakespeare play. Sure. Um, but there are also things that really, really, really were just, like, so jarringly bad or just so jarringly 90s that I was, like, almost ripped out of watching the movie um, to the point where I had to make mental notes to talk about them on our, our nostalgia podcast. Um, first things first, the opening scene... The text on the scene that comes up is ver- the most 90s text. The uh, second most 90s text. It's pretty 90s. It it's, it's a suitably 90s text. It's suitably 90s. Um, and the Bare Naked Ladies One Week one song week. is playing. I was just like, man, they hit this hard out the gate. <laughs> they didn't even... It's like 
pedal to the floor 90s. It's like, buckle up, here we go. And not only that, not only that, it starts with that song and you're like, oh yeah, this is 90s. I'm feeling it right now. And then it transitions once you get to uh, Julia Stiles' character, transitions to the Bad Reputation song, but I don't know who sings it. Joan Um, Jett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. Joan Jett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And then you're like, oh, we're in it now. It's going. We're on this train. It's moving. It's the 90s. And then you see a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt and you're like, oh, we've we've reached peak 90s. So before we get away from the credits, was I the only one who noticed that one of the actors' names is Daryl, quote unquote, Chill uh, Mitchell? I have his last name right now. I did not notice. That's the dad, right? No, Daryl Chill Mitchell is the English teacher. Oh, good. Good. Still weird. Still weird. Weird naming convention. Very weird. I have to talk about the English teacher when we get to English class, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I just had, I, I, I don't think that would happen today. <laughs> no, no, no. And then, so, okay. So then you, you're watching the opening and you're like, oh man, this is so 90s. And it's just, they show everyone's hair. And I was like, oh my God, like how, like the perfect prissy girl, what's her name? Uh, the young one. Bianca, her with her hair, and it's got like there's the two parted pieces in the front that was just so quintessential '90s. Like, who did I did that? Obviously, of course. And then she's got the half up, half down, and all all of the bottom of her hair is just like curled out, like a little like whoop, like a little swoop. And I was like, yes, I did that with my hair for so long. I identify with this. Isn't this all after though? I think Cameron's who we meet first, but not before meeting the principal who's writing erotica. Oh, yeah. The guidance counselor. Yeah. It's a guidance counselor. Yeah. Oh, guidance Guidance counselor. counselor. Guidance counselor. Um, Yeah. I thought that was going to be like a more running gag. So they they come in and then she's like picking up on all this innuendo about members and engorge things and stuff. Literally two jokes about it the whole movie. And then they're just like... We can't have any more of this. Could have gone back to that. Well, that's the thing. And and we'll get into it as it goes on. But the first, like, 40 minutes of this movie are so well-written and funny. They're, like, really, really nailing comedy points. And I kept coming back to it being like, oh, they're gonna fuck up somewhere. It's really tightly written. It's like, yeah, it's very 90s, but it, it really hits on a lot of good points. Yeah, I I enjoyed like those jokes. I thought the guidance counselor was funny. Actually, it's like kind of edgy. I think it's like a PG thirteen movie, so yeah. you're like reading what's on her screen, and you're like, oh my goodness, like this is a an an upper echelon teen movie or something like that. Yeah, um, something I definitely did not pick up on when I watched it when I was younger, for sure. Oh, of course not. Yeah. And conveniently, Cameron is new to the school, and oh my goodness, I'm gonna forget the the nerdy guy's name. Um, but they partner up really quick and he quickly goes through all the clicks at the school. Oh my gosh. This, I just like couldn't handle. It just felt so, so nineties and not in a good way where there, he's showing them all the clicks and like the two that just bothered me the most were obviously the Rasta, white Rasta, the white Rastas. I was like, First of all, that wasn't a clique that existed in any high school that I've been aware of. 
And second of all, this is just too wrong. I can't I can't listen to these guys talk about oh yeah, they all wish they're Jesus Christ. They actually called him out on that later though. And That's I thought true. that was pretty on on point. And then the other one was Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting choices in that scene, but when they hit the cowboys, I actually think that's when it like makes sense because they're clearly just like, okay, we're just making shit up. Like this is yeah. just a a one off joke. It's very like a, a national lampoon style joke. Like yeah, there's cowboys yeah, the cowboys there. are like actually eating beans from a can like on school property at one point. Like it's that, pretty funny. <laughs> that part I guess just felt. And we'll probably do this episode down the line because this is one of my favorite movies. But that part felt too much like not another teen movie because I feel like in that movie they talk about clicks and they go to the extremes and you're like, this makes sense because it's a movie making fun of these movies. But like one of the movies that they make fun of is this movie. And you're like, well, it just felt like it was unnecessary. I mean, maybe they were just trying to get ahead of any parodies. They're like, we're just going to. Turn it up to the nth degree now because maybe we're gonna. Well, this is actually pretty common back then, and I I think the perfect example of this is maybe actually something we'll do later on. But um, Scream, Scream is a horror movie from the nineties, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Scream is very meta, like it references other horror movies, and then later on, movie scary movie parodies Scream, so it's a parody movie making fun of a movie that is meta and makes fun of other horror movies, and the same thing is happening here, like. I honestly think that this movie, I, I really like Not Another Teen Movie, and it's a pretty funny movie, Such but this movie, movie is really, it hits on a lot of jokes that Not Another Teen Movie just does again. Like, it's just like, yeah, sure, we'll do this again, because it was <laughs> funny the first time around. Yeah, um, I think that, like, this might be the meta teen movie from the 90s, and we just, like, didn't realize it as a kid. That's fair. Um, but... I don't know. We go through like the whole click intro. Yeah. We finally see uh, Bianca with her cool kids and Katarina. Katarina, right? With the in exile. No, isn't it just her and her like oh, one it? friend? Yeah, the Shakespeare yeah. person. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you're like obviously like, well, she's not cool enough to be any cl- in any clicks. Yeah. Um, and then we get a really oddly timed like physical gag where. The nerdy guy who's showing us all around the school uh, dirt bikes almost to his death. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Weird choice. Doesn't come up again. Never nope. mentioned again. Like, yeah, like they, into the movie at all. They could have at one point, like, because he has his own kind of subplot of, like, trying to get his own girl. They could have been like, hey, you're the guy who, right. you know, ramped off Survived to the stadium. The, yeah, nope. they could have used it, but it was just, like, the whole school was standing there watching and then cheered when he stood up. And then that was it. Nobody ever talked about it again. No. Just a, a <laughs> physical a gag. Unimportant. <laughs> Did this, this might be a case of a movie where, like, two different writers wrote, like, halves of it because there are so many things that come up in the first half that have no impact later on that's true but i don't know i was i was okay with it like anoop said like the first uh third of the movie is like pretty damn funny yeah yeah uh and then we kind of introduce the the whole family right like bianca cat and her dad all together mm-hmm. um I, I really like the dad's portrayal in this movie. It's a very real, it's a real life example of what it feels like to carry a pager. Something you two will never have to deal with. But just getting, he's constantly getting paged out of the scene. And I'm like, yeah, that's real. That's real talk right there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's, he, he's a single dad. They don't ever get to like, the mom either left them or passed away. Um, I think no, she, she left. left. She oh, okay. Left. Yeah. Well, 
Well, because they, they they intonate that like, oh, maybe she passed away early on, but after yeah. a while, it's just like when mom left. Like, why would you keep saying that if she died? That'd be yeah. She left just... her like super nice pearl necklace and like all this stuff around the house. Yeah, yeah she ditched them. Yeah, well, that's She's shitty. Kind of a bitch. Well, no wonder the dad is so bitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's and then we get introduced all the kind of architecture as to why they're locked down and Bianca can't date unless Katarina dates and they set up this very, very clean plot of, well, something's gonna be afoot this whole time, so someone can woo Bianca. Yeah. 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 So then then they we really Heath Ledger's character at this point in time has just kind of been around. Like we see him here and there. But this is where they actually get into him as like this archetypal bad boy. So mm-hmm. a very nineties thing, just like this this guy, he's he's rough and you know, he's around and he seems vaguely dangerous. And- Whoa, look at him, he's stabbing this frog during the dissection class. Whoa, now he's in he's in the workshop yeah. welding. He's wow. in shop class. He he's smokes. He's so badass. He Ooh. is badass. Don't yeah. I mean I fell for it. Are you yeah. kidding me? Don't undersell it. Yeah. So they pick him. And then they trick a dumb jock into paying him to do this whole scheme to, yeah. to take out Katarina so that the dumb jock, the dumb jock thinks that they're doing it so that he can date Bianca. But in fact, Cameron's doing it so that he can date Bianca because right. Bianca is a plot device because it's the 90s and that's right. what women are. <laughs> exactly. Just- it's, it's very, very convenient and well orchestrated, especially for high schoolers. Um, they pay. Uh, what is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character's name? I can't refer to all these. Cameron. No, uh, sorry, Heath Ledger. Patrick. Heath Ledger. Patrick. Uh, they pay Patrick fifty dollars to to go along with this plot, um, and he is convinced that it's going to be no trouble at all for him. Because he's such a bad boy. He's a suave Australian bad boy. Yeah, but he's I not falling for it. Yeah. I guess I'm not as shrewd. Uh, yeah, Julia Stiles is Stiles. not ready for for his advances when it starts out. No, oh, she's not down for it. She totally rejects him multiple times. Again, very funny, cool stuff. Whatever, I'm into it. They uh, they invade her privacy. <laughs> they break into her room severely. Yep, it's pretty fucked. It's pretty. It's like I know because it's just they're supposed to be real people, but in the archetype of like a comedy, it's fine. The problem is this is where the movie starts to transition into treating them more like realist, like a realistic team movie. Mm-hmm. When it's a comedy, it's like whatever. It's just comedy capers. But then when you're like supposed to like all these people in the end, it's really difficult to be like yeah. Yeah, that was justified that you broke into her room and rifled through her underwear. Like, it's right. fine that Bianca's doing it because she's. She wears sister. black panties, though. Speaking of the black panties, I don't remember that being a thing. Did they make that up in this movie where it's like, oh, well, if a girl has black panties, it's because she's down to have sex? Black panties are just more. What's the word I'm looking for? Convenient? Hold on, let me get my soapbox. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I feel like wouldn't red panties be the thing that's yeah, like, Yeah, black panties no sense, like, a, like a functional piece of underwear, right? Right. But like, the panties are kind of like throwaway and like I felt really cringy in that whole moment where they're kind of describing that, but I guess it fits into being like a teen movie. Yeah. I thought it was way too on the nose that 
a feminist in Seattle in the 90s is like into like Riot Girl and punk rock bands. Yeah. And like that's the plot device to woo her is like you'll like her favorite bands. I was like, damn, Heath Ledger could have seduced me in like my <laughs> high school years. No problem. Now, is he is it stereotypical or is this the stereotype? Like did what were they playing on something that already existed or did this make the thing that exists? They were absolutely playing on something that already existed, at least from how well I understand, like, the Seattle music scene in the late 90s. Like, this was just, like, a convenient crutch that they're like, we don't have to invent something for her to be into. It's already a part of the location. Um, so, yeah, that's just what they lean on immediately. Um, and at one point, Heath Ledger, when they start to, like, divulge this information for him to use, he's like, I can't be seen there. Like, he's murdered someone there and he's, like, on the run. Also, uh, love that Heath Ledger's just at bars, drinking, nobody's questioning anything. I'm like, this dude's maybe a junior, senior in high school, and he's just walking, waltzing into bars. Also, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks about 11 years old, and they just yeah. let him waltz into a bar. Well, the casting is super weird, right? Because JGL looks like he could be in high school. Bianca mm-hmm. and Katarina look like they could be in high school. Heath Ledger just looks like a grown-ass man. Like, yeah, he, he absolutely does. Um, it, it's just like so out of place. Um, yeah. And they have weird things like, yes, he's in a bar. One of the rumors about him is that he was gone for a year, like starring in porn movies. Like yeah. all of these weird things that it's like, is he actually an adult? Was he held back several years? Yeah. Like, That's is why the statutory? nerdy sidekick ends up being the best character. Michael, Michael yeah. Blackman uh, is just like riffing on all of these things the whole time he's like should you be drinking with no liver ah never mind and they just move on like just a lot of one-liners very punchy dialogue at it yeah the whole movie is like super fast i realized we just completely glossed over when they were still in school before they've kind of set up all of this like romantic tension Yeah, i was gonna say you didn't even get a chance to talk about the english teacher i know i was gonna i have to backtrack a lot of words about this english teacher so to kind of build the the ethos around or mythos i should say around uh katarina being this like insufferable person to be around they paint her as the only person who can like think intelligently in the high school um and how they do this is they use like a very awkward english teacher very awkward and i don't think it's awkward because like the character acting it out or like the jokes i think it's just this like very uncomfortable like racial tension that they try to be like very uh big on commenting on but just like miss the mark entirely and yeah. i was just every scene he's in is just so cringeworthy oh, it's i thought bad. it i thought it was pretty redeeming because it, it shows how she's full of shit like his That's character true. ultimately shows that like everything she cares about it's like it's very high school level because there's other things going on. So he's when also he's like, a terrible teacher, though. Yeah, that's it's a '90s movie. The guidance counselor is writing porn. He's an asshole to the kids. Like, I thought that was the whole point. It's, that's I guess, where it's yeah. like it's still a comedy, right? Like, you can't look at their behaviors as anything realistic. I think that's, that's more of a failing of the movie than the like the writing is incongruence. But he always lives in the comedy space for me. Yeah, I, I, I can see that perspective. There are a few things that I thought were super funny. Like, he's calling out how, you know, she's like an entitled rich girl in the Seattle suburbs. 
um and then like there's actual people suffering and then the white rastas like chime in and he's like don't let me don't get me started on you guys and i was like <laughs> okay yeah that's pretty funny um, yeah but yeah there are other things where he just has like one-off lines or is like straight up if this a teacher acted like this in like 2019 even in a movie people would be writing to their pta like I cannot have teachers represented like this. If anyone in our school is like this, you'll be hearing about it. My kid is a fucking flower. Don't you even dare. Yeah. Right, um, right. So maybe that's well, just the lens I'm putting on it. It's also a failing later. of casting because he is the only black guy in the movie. Right. Yeah. So then it becomes the point that he is black. Like, if you only have one, they have to fulfill that entire role. Such a apparently the only black person in the entirety of seattle as well <laughs> i am accurate. like hard pressed to think like is there even a black student in the whole movie i don't think there is i don't remember seeing one. Oh my god yeah. is there a non-white student in the whole movie i can't think of any i can't remember they're not prominently featured i'll tell you no. this was 20 years ago and it yeah. feels like Dude, like, I guess is, fucking Friends came out in this era. Yeah. There's no black people on Friends Literally. in New York City. No. I can't even think of a black side character on Friends, so there's, I guess you're right. There, Eventually, so Ross, there's Ross, one of Ross's... Dates Charlie, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the black archaeologist or whatever. I bet people shot their TV because of that. I feel like there was another one. I, I mean, definitely it. her. That's the most prominent one that I remember from yeah. Friends. But, like, she was this was not... Life uncommon in the 90s that there would be one black character i mean like the token black character is an archetype like that's a thing, yeah right well they they nailed it with this teacher they really did um okay but yeah i it was just like really awkward for me daryl chill mitchell did his best i guess anoop is more spot on that like it fits more into the pure comedy side of things whereas right. i'm trying to see this as like a rom-com and it was just awkward um well and i feel like i'm coming at it from a, a woman who is a feminist and who has a lot of opinions that people don't agree with and like when the teacher when she was like agreeing with his lesson plan when he was giving them the assignment to write a poem and she was like oh do you want it in uh, what's it called? I am big pentameter, and he was like, "Excuse me," and then he kicked her out of her class, and she just stood up and took it. What? I'm sorry. What? You're this feminist, like strong-willed woman, and you're just gonna walk out of this guy's class when you're trying to be a good student? Again, yeah. I thought it was just the whole point was that it was ridiculous. That like the one time she actually does agree with him because her whole character trait is that she's an ass to him. The one time she's like, yeah, this is a good excitement. He still doesn't know what to do. So he kicks her out. <laughs> like I played it more as like just a comedy, a straight comedy rather than looking at the, the meaningfulness around it. Fair. Right. Maybe I'm just upset because it detracted from Heath Ledger's screen time. And this movie to me could have just been 87 minutes of Heath Ledger just like smirking at the camera. Yeah, would not have hated that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, let's circle it back. We know we've got the lowdown on what uh, Katarina likes. Heath Ledger now equipped to not smoke. Well, I don't know if we, I don't know if we, if we went over Katarina enough and how terrible of a person she really is. Oh, you think she's like really, really terrible? Yeah. Don't you? I think she's just like, to me, she's the most accurate high schooler in yeah. the whole movie. Oh, for sure. But that's also why I hated high school. Because girls like yeah. her. 
I think uh, the two she worst She also dressed characters. like a 7-year-old. Come on. Right. Katarina and Cameron both strike me as just very bad people. Yeah, they're like, perfect for each other. Yeah, they're, they're just to- opposite. Like, Bianca's actually, I think, very real to, like, kind of a popular high school girl. She's not overly analyzing her behavior. She just wants, like, she wants things yeah, and she no, does No, she's things. terrible, too. She's terrible Yeah, she's too. terrible, but it's, like, vaguely realistic. Like, And Cameron is very real in, like, this nice guy mentality that I, I hate that the film rewards. It's that he was like, I was nice to you. And so that means something. I'm like, it, it doesn't. Like, you did lie to her. Fundamentally, the first thing you did was like, yeah, I can speak French. Because you wanted to get in her pants. Like, you right. lied to her to get into her pants. That's pretty <laughs> shitty. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and he doesn't really apologize for that. Again, the movie, <laughs> like, there's no males seeking forgiveness for their lying. Because ultimately, if he well, did... yeah, it's the, the 90s. Right. At the end, if he was like, you know, I am sorry that I lied to you, but I do actually like you, and I think you actually like me, like, that's a, a real human thing. But instead, he's like, you know, I faked knowing French for you. I'm like, bitch, you lied to her. <laughs> like, you're a shitty person, <laughs> fundamentally. And then Katarina's just so annoying to be around. Like, at such just this this contrarian bullshit that is so, like, perfect for a high school girl. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and I love that the one reason that they give for her, it's like, oh, she used to be popular, and, and then suddenly she wasn't, and it's because she had sex with what's-his-face, the... Joey. We, I don't even know if we brought up Joey yet. She had no, sex with him. Oh, no, we did. Yeah, the asshole, like, the, the jock guy. Joey, the jock, yeah. But we, it, she has sex with him, and then she decides that she doesn't, and he's mean to her, so then she just becomes a totally different person, like... Come on. I mean, right. she does, like, her whole character is built around liking, like, Sylvia Plath and punk music and all this so stuff. So what, she didn't like any of that before she had sex with this dude, and then suddenly this guy's a jerk to her, and she's like, oh, now I'm a feminist. Now I'm really no, into all I, this stuff. I totally think that that is accurate for how a high schooler would be, is, like, within a week, you could be this entirely different, like, model person where you could go from being popular to being like the feminist like counterculture person um true and maybe we're also not taking into consideration that maybe her mom left around the same time so maybe she's going through a lot who knows i think the movie i'm judging i'm jumping to conclusions i'm so sorry julia styles tries to imply (laughs) um that that's the case but they never like Right out, call it. Yeah. But now, now, I mean, I don't think this movie is like we're going to make it through the whole plot because apparently we have a lot of opinions. I have a counterpoint to a noob's point that Bianca is like kind of okay because she's in on the whole plot to basically like whore out her sister. So oh, she. Oh no, no, no! I don't mean she's an okay person. Oh, okay. I mean she's okay. like an okay portrayal of a high school student. Gotcha. Okay, like yeah, this, yeah. all her gotcha. motivations seem realistic to me. No, she's shitty. Like. Yeah. She she knows Cameron does want to get into her pants. Like, insofar as when he gets mad at her, he does have ground to stand on. She was using him. Yeah. yeah like, there's no doubt about Joey. it. Yeah, because she just wanted Joey, right? Like, they're both bad people mm-hmm. together. Because there's no good people because it's Shakespeare. It's a sure. Shakespearean comedy. Shakespeare doesn't write good people into his comedies because it's just supposed you're supposed to hate everybody. That's yeah. a, it's also very British. Like British comedy doesn't need a hero. Right. They they don't like 
they don't need any redeemable characters in their comedy. Whereas American comedy, we always like to have at least like one relatable character. That's true. The only problem being that upon scrutiny, most of our relatable characters are actually terrible people. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's terrible. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I mistook your opinion of it. But yeah, I'm totally in the same camp. Like, they're just all awful people. Yeah. Um, I think the only character is Michael. Michael's the nerdy guy. Nerdy Michael's kid. the nerdy guy. I, I'm great. on board with Michael. Michael just like has a friend, and he's just like willing to help out because he's like, ah, this new kid's like my friend. I got kicked out of the future MBAs. Sure, <laughs> like yeah, the future I'll- MBAs, great club. Um, so let's 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 jump back into the plot because we have they did the snooping. She's into punk rock. Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles meet at this like club in Seattle. One of her favorite bands is playing, but they're no. Bikini Kill or some other, you know, quintessential 90s all-girl punk band that they have to name drop. And she's like, oh, shit, this guy knows his stuff. And then immediately he's it. He's like, I've done it. Um, and then they go to a party that Michael has engineered to get back at the NBAs, which, again, great point. I love that he's like sabotaging basically this kid's future because the party of the scale they throw in this movie would absolutely ruin oh, anyone's yeah. life for and the see, rest of th- like, that's eternity. more of that like irreverent national lampoon style humor where it's just like yeah we're gonna prank this guy and like that's just part of the movie and like yeah they do the whole poster thing really well put together i like it i like that part it's almost like the heath ledger whole subplot but heath ledger is not a funny character per se in this movie it's like jokes yeah. are told about him and he exists in the world where jokes are happening, but he mm-hmm. himself is not funny. And the I don't think the plots that center around him are particularly funny. Nah. Nope. Yeah. Like, Michael's is a heavy hitter in terms of the comedy going on yeah. in this yeah. movie. Um, so they throw this rager. They convince uh, Bianca and Katarina to come out. Since they each have dates, they're allowed to go. This dad, who is way too worried about his daughter's getting pregnant is way too cool with them going to a high school party that everyone readily admits there's going to be an underage drinking at he's like fine be back by 10 i don't care how you get home you know drive drunk it's the 90s that's still he probably did cool. say no drinking does he yeah he was like no he listed off a bunch of things it was like no boys no kissing no drinking no drugs i do want to say no sex there's probably the only relatable part of this movie to me now as an adult is there's one part where i think they're at the party and he's watching tv alone and there's like a hair spray like for him balding and he's like nodding along like that looks like a good idea and i'm like i'm gonna be the dad before i'm any closer to the kids in this movie god i hope you're not the dad because he makes multiple jokes about like pms and or was it him or was it the english teacher oh my god there's so many pms like jokes like Uh... Oh, what was the Midol one? It was like, uh, oh, it was was somebody Joey. in the class. It was Joey. He was like, oh, yeah, like next time take your Midol before you come to class. And I was like, if that were me, I literally would have gotten up and slapped that bitch in the face. Another one yeah. is my insurance doesn't cover PMS after she gets in a car accident. Yes. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to lose it. Um, but anyway, back to the party. So. One reference to your period is <laughs> is too many, but two in one movie to like attributing her behavior to her period. I thought I was going to lose it, just like as a feminist woman. Fuck that. Yeah, this movie is very. I, it's very true to the era. I feel like I, I don't want to like. I definitely remember from even high school in the two thousands. Like it's very common. Like 
people, if somebody's in a bad mood and it's just attributed to their period. I say oh, something. absolutely. A girl is in a bad mood and it's attributed. I didn't, actually, I probably did do it to guys because it would be funnier if you attributed somebody. No, yeah, it's like a joke. Like, I remember telling those sort of jokes in high school. Like, I, I'm sure they still persist in that absolutely. setting, but it's crazy. Like, I, I mean, every episode of this podcast, even though we've only done three things, <laughs> reminds me how different 20 yeah 10 15 years ago was yeah um so i'm sure it's constantly going to be a thing like how dare they yeah. make a joke about such and such but oh but i remember dealing with it all the time to- i mean i was a i was a girl and yeah. i went to middle school and high school Wait, what? i just remember that yeah <laughs> guys listeners i'm actually a female um no i just remember that being a thing and just me being so fucking irritated whenever somebody would say that but of course i can't show that i'm irritated that somebody said that because they'll be like oh, clearly colleen's on her period now now we all know like right now like yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> no i just hate it so much but now i feel like me and my friends use it more often with my female friends will be like Oh, yeah, like, today I was, like, it's just so funny to me. Like, they'll be talking, like, oh, yeah, like, today here I was, like, crying at some commercial on TV. And I was like, what's wrong with me? And then later that day I got my period. And I'm like, I don't agree with this. I don't like this. I don't. I don't want to talk about this because this is like bringing me back to when other people would blame your emotions on your period. I'm like, no, you're allowed to have emotions anytime. God damn it. But anywho. Um, that's my feminist rant for the day. Moving on. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think now that you've voiced your opinions on feminism, Matt, you and I should just take some time. Uh, Colleen, if you could just leave the podcast, because uh, you won't get a word in edgewise for the rest of the time. <laughs> well, actually, I've got her hooked up to a mic that isn't live, so all of that talk oh, there is going to be good, dead air. Good. We'll edit that out on the final yeah, podcast. Exactly. Just so the listeners uh, want to listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's the thing. To me, like the reason that this movie falls distinctly into the sucks category is that a lot of the jokes feel outdated yeah. and I am not a high schooler anymore, which makes it hard to watch like a ro- high school rom-com again. Yeah. It doesn't um, ring true anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I'd like to think a lot of the things like there only being one black character in the entire film, like we've progressed beyond. Yeah. So watching it now, like all of those yeah, things at least kind of stick two. out. Yeah. I mean, once you have two, then you're clear in my book. Yeah, then you're good. And then by then 2050, you're... you'll have to have three, and then I'll be dead. Yeah. Um, but Well, no, actually, Black Panther has established that now you're only allowed to have two white people. In your oh, right. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're at the party. Um, they have this this impromptu rager in this, like, amazing mansion. Um, and this is one we first... Did you guys any ragers in high school? No, Zero. I didn't even drink uh, until college. I didn't drink until college either. I found out after high school. Like, I remember my best friend, Kaylee, she was kind of like the party girl, kind of like, I mean, she's like a mom of two now, and it's so funny to me, like, the transition. Yeah, a mom but, of two and a real estate agent. I've seen her. <laughs> a real estate agent. She's done a real 180. But, like, yeah. she was she was always, like, the fun, like, party girl in school and we were friends and everyone was like what a weird like duo because i didn't do anything and then we graduated and i remember going to a party like after like after we graduated and being like wow we should have had more of these in high school and she's like we 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 did like you just didn't you just didn't go to any of them you weren't invited i was like oh cool (laughs) yeah i was firmly in the did not go to parties category nah i didn't drink until i was 18 which is in college so yeah yeah I think Matt and I might have drank for the first time at the same party. 
Yeah, that's probably a good chance. <laughs> um, so, so sweet. So they have this rager, um, and this is when you first get the uh, the chemistry that uh, Katarina and Joey have something together because uh, he immediately sets her off on this sort of bender, and she's like ripping shots, like doing all these like super embarrassing things, and then oh, and the dance on the table, which I was just like. Did you, you guys maybe didn't watch it, uh, what's it called, Save the Last Dance, I think, with Julia Stiles, where she, like, becomes, like, a hip-hop dancer, and the other dude, I don't remember who's in the film, but it's, like, a black hip-hop dancer, and she, like, learns how to dance hip-hop and everything, and I was like, this is leading up to that, yeah. I'm pretty sure she dances to that same song that she's on the table to in Save the Last Dance, but I can't confirm because the internet doesn't exist, so. Yeah, thank goodness this is your episode to be able to provide that uh, yeah. That I just have a hunch. Commentary. I'm just going to go with my hunch. I'm not going to go with real facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, she dances the night away and then gives herself a concussion. And throughout this, uh, Heath Ledger is a great guy. Of course he is, because he's perfect. Yeah, he's really, he's he's... You know, a big, a good guy for the fact that he's being paid to do this, but whatever. I'll give him the credit. He is nice during this party. Unlike yeah. both Cameron and Joey are kind of shitty during this party, because Cameron feels so entitled to Bianca's attention, and Joey is just a shitty person. There's no redeeming characteristics about Joey. Yeah. Um, so this... this um, And I'm blanking on Heath Ledger's character. Patrick. Patrick. This sets Patrick and uh, Katarina back because she wanted to to make out with him. Yeah. But he didn't want to make out because she was too drunk. And she was like... What a good guy. I'm over it. And then, you know, two steps forward, one step back for poor Patrick. Yeah. Um, And yes, Cameron is like, you know, this was all my doing. Like, I deserve this. And then typical white man drives uh, Bianca home and is going on this rant about how he's so great and yada yada yada. And then she kisses him, and it's like all is redeemed. Thank oh. goodness. Yeah, so nice. essentially Cameron gets that kiss because Joey is such an asshole. And Bianca's like, this guy is vaguely nice to me. So right. I'm sure. <laughs> also, Chastity, worst friend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've mentioned. Oh, her. the other oh. black character <laughs> in the movie, of course. <laughs> Just he's a say. villain. Arguably, <laughs> the second black There's... character is a bad person. Like she's just shitty throughout the movie. There's um, some. Also, if you guys didn't know this, because you weren't females and as teenagers, you were still males. Um, I she was also in Bring It On. Oh, of course she was in Bring It On. Colleen, please, please. <laughs> of course I've seen Bring It On. <laughs> I guess Bring It On just got added to the list, but they yep. have this party. Uh, everything no, Bring It On is per- good. We're not going to watch Bring It On. <laughs> so what <laughs> I think we need to do, movie. what we should have planned ahead of time was we should have watched all of the movies that Not Another Teen Movie references and then watched Not Another Teen Movie. That would have been good. But it's a lot of movies. We still can do that. Yeah. That's it's going to take like a year. Yeah. But, We're building up yeah. to it right now because there's a scene in this movie yes. that... Oh, we didn't even go... Oh, no, we didn't get it to It hasn't yet. happened yeah. yet. Yeah, okay. We've been just riffing too much. Okay, okay. Um, Sorry, continue with your plot. God, so they, so boring. They, it is boring. <laughs> they, uh, they have this party. It's basically a disaster for Patrick. Um, uh, Katarina wants nothing to do with him anymore. Because and... she's just a raging bitch. He was a nice guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. 
he didn't take advantage of her when she was drunk and she's mad about it. Jesus. Yeah. She doesn't even know why she should be mad yet. Yeah. <laughs> she's mad for the wrong reasons. Right. But what it does set up is immediately trope stereotype generating scene where Heath Ledger wins back her affection by paying off the AV club and the marching band and getting the sound system in the stadium set up for him to do his dance number and avoid the cops, <laughs> high school security. I, I assume high school security. Yeah. Whoever uh, it is um, to sing. I forget what song he sings. Um, can't take my eyes off. Can't, can't take my eyes off you to the marching band accompanying it. And Julia Stiles is just head over heels immediately. Like naturally. Right. But this lands him in detention. I also yeah. just what? couldn't stop thinking of not another team move. Yeah, Jane's couldn't stop thinking of not another team move. Janie Briggs got a gun. <laughs> She's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's a solid film. Um, so a few things about this team. One, what is the motivation of the security guards? Because why stop him? He's not like cursing. He's not doing anything wrong. Right. <laughs> he's singing a song over the radio. I appreciate that. I guess he broke into the studio booth, but like not really. Seems like the AV he club had him in. Yeah. He's yeah. playing a song that has no profanity in it, and he's just singing and dancing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two. I want to say how disappointed I am in the internet that nobody has done a parody of the Joker singing "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" to Batman. I looked. I I, I paused the movie and I was like, somebody had to have done this. It hasn't been done. Not one person has. That done would be it. pretty I, incredible. I think I, it seems it seems so first level to me. It seems so obvious. Like I just saw it and I was like, oh, of course you would do this. Not enough people are watching. Uh, <sighs> 10 Things I Hate About You to make it happen. I guess so. Yeah. Now we can bring it back. Or maybe Captain America singing Janie's Got a Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That'd be pretty amazing. Um, my other thing I just want to say about this scene is that it's so unrealistic that the soccer team, the marching band, like all these people would be using the same, the same field. Yeah, I think you need archery's a full, out there. Archery's out like everyone's out in the field all at the same time and it's so unrealistic. First of all, soccer needs a bigger field. I'm pretty sure a soccer field is bigger than a football field if I'm not I don't know. I don't know sports. But then also the marching band needs a full people for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's out there like, no, this girl's an idiot. Um and then the marching band obviously needs the 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 at least half of the field because they need the lines for the yard markers in order to know where they are in the field. It was just so dumb. Good thing I like so how you're cool. so you no idea what a soccer field versus a football field is, but the marching band, you're like, yes, they need a very specific. <laughs> they need all of the fields, whatever field it is. Um, Nobody else should be on the field except the marching band. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I used to be in the marching band. So. Remember how we yeah, were talking we, about how you were invited we... parties? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got there. Already. Well, that was right there. <laughs> okay. Um, There's the reason. So, so it lands uh, Patrick in detention. Um, which has my favorite joke in the movie, because uh, the detention moderator uh, confiscates some <laughs> weed off of, I think, one of the Rasta guys and is like walking back as he's putting this this pot into his jacket pocket and then reaches down and grabs a bag of Cheetos and goes, I'm confiscating these too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is great. 
Um, that did not. That did not do anything for me when I watched it as I was younger. No, absolutely. But then not. I was rewatching it. I was like, damn, this is really funny. Yeah. Um, and that gets us to probably the weirdest piece of the whole movie, which is Katarina breaking Patrick out of detention. Yeah. By flashing her by teacher. By flashing the teacher. Yeah. And it's problematic. Like, it's, yeah. it's problematic, but at the same time, the teacher doesn't react. Like, they, he's just like, oh, okay, that's a thing that happened. Yeah, she gets out of that room no problem, because in the very next scene, they're out in, like, a swan boat in, in the lake. Like, right, it's super surreal because they're just they cut hard cut to a swan boat. <laughs> right, the swan like, boat. No one has discussed the swan boat so far. The swan boat has not come up at any point in time in the movie. Nobody's like, oh, you know, we all love to go to the swan boat, and Katarina's never like, I'll never do the swan boat. It's just out of nowhere. <laughs> they're on right. a body of water. Yeah, they're just like, I can't. How'd you get me out of detention? Like that must have really taken something. And she's like, you wouldn't believe it. Okay, and that's the crazy thing. And this is very 90s movie writing, because that implies they broke out of school together, got to the swamp boat, rented the swamp boat, got on the swamp boat, got to the middle of the lake, and that's when he asked about how she got him out of detention. Up until that point, it's not like they got out of the school, which, reasonably, like, if, if one of you broke me out of detention, the first thing I would ask you is be like, how'd you distract him? I wouldn't be like, well, let's go get a swamp boat, rent the swamp boat, take it halfway out <laughs> on the lake, and then you know what? How did you get me out of detention? <laughs> well, I think the only reason it got to her having to flash the teacher is because Heath Ledger may be the slowest motherfucker to get out of a room in the history of people trying oh, to be yeah. sneaky. He He's didn't like, drop anything into Dex. No. Yeah, she's like, go for the window. And he's like, well, I better walk around the whole goddamn room and then slowly climb out of the window, make all this noise. So the only thing that you can do is get your tits out for me to get away. And she does it. Also, that's her soccer coach. She's going to see him again in a few hours, if not the next day. Yeah. How does she not get detention for that? She doesn't care. The swan boats are waiting. It's worth it. She did and, it all for the swan boats. And in, in 90s fashion, we go from swan boats to not really paintball to like paint water balloons. Which I was like, I would have been into this sport if this were a thing. If I, if this had been around, I absolutely would have done this because paintball is terrible and it hurts really bad. But just like splattering a ball full of paint on somebody sounds lovely. Yeah, that's one of those weird things that felt really anachronistic to me. I was just like, when? What? what? No. This is so specific. Like all this it is, a is thing? I think like the only reason they had that scene is so that they could have stills from this movie where they're looking like they're doing something cutesy with each other, like yeah. Heath Ledger looking like yeah, just, yeah. Just well, just I mean, and there's also like I'm grab. pretty sure there's stills of them when they're sitting on the porch afterwards and they have like the paint in their hair yeah. and that whole thing. I think that's also like if you search for photos, I think those will show up as well. And it's like, oh, look, they must have been having so much fun. But and she had so much fun that she's just completely overwritten her whole character crux yeah. and is now ready to go to prom with Patrick. Well, no, see, she is super suspicious. Is she? So I'll give her. She doesn't say yes, right? Like she she storms away and she's like, "You, there's a reason you want me to go to prom." So oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
because fundamentally it's actually i think pretty good screenwriting because she acknowledges that prom is not a thing that he would want to do yeah like it doesn't seem like a thing he'd want to do and it seems like a thing that he knows that if he really liked her he would know that she wouldn't want to go to prom either you know what i mean yeah but yeah she falls for it either way she's a high school girl they all do stupid things she does a lot of stupid things. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the dumbest thing, right? Okay, so they, they get through this. Bianca goes to prom, uh-huh. wants to go to prom. So ultimately, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. That makes Katarina accept the prom date. This is before uh, Katarina admits to Bianca, like, yeah, I slept with Joey once and it was really bad. And Joey has a small penis. And that's that's good old-fashioned 90s comedy that's like, this guy's an asshole, so therefore he must have a small penis. I was just waiting for the small penis bomb to drop the entire movie. Because I'm like, well, he's a dick, so he's got to have a very tiny penis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic, classic. Needs a model. (laughs) That whole character is just a lot to handle. But Bianca goes to prom, and this is where it's really dumb. Because Bianca's dress is (laughs) god-awful. Oh my god. Bianca's dress is weird as shit. Also, I just want to say, they had what? They definitely had school that day. That's all I'm saying. They definitely, prom day, they had school. They Neither of them knew they were going to prom. And then suddenly it's prom night and both of them have their hair done. Both of them have prom dresses. What happened? I bought my prom dress like weeks in advance. My mom made one, made two of my prom dresses. It took months. And these girls just suddenly walked down the stairs in prom dresses. Excuse me, what? Yeah. Maybe that's why Bianca's dress sucked. It's because <laughs> they just like they just pulled something out of their closet. I'm gonna be honest here, I didn't hate it. Oh I boy. did. I hate it. It's got it. a weird like open like it's like a halter top. Yeah, it's a it's a crop top and poofy. a skirt. I almost it's wore a... a crop top and a skirt for our wedding. But it's a poofy bottom. It's like it's a poofy skirt. Yeah, it's like a tulle skirt. It's in. You guys know nothing. We know nothing. Thank I God feel I didn't like wear a... that for our wedding. That would have been embarrassing. Yeah, you would have looked ridiculous. <laughs> it also time. wouldn't have been bright pink. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, it's bright pink. Yeah. Okay. It's neon pink. <laughs> Well, I think, I I mean, if your only logical disconnect with the movie is that they have prom dresses the day of, and not that there isn't serious talks after a student exposing herself to a teacher, or like an abusive English teacher, or a guidance counselor that's asking for criticism on her erotica from her assistant, I think... I think you can make the suspension of disbelief but that they're ready to go. Not, I mean, not only are they not, they're, they're ready to go, but they didn't even buy tickets ahead of time. Don't you have to, you have to buy prom, I'm just, there's so much wrong about this prom. I'm I mean, just saying. they're clearly loaded. They're going, she's going to Sarah Lawrence. Like, that's one of the plot points. Like, you know, maybe he's got connections. Okay. <laughs> yeah, on. I mean, their dad's an OB guy. I'm sure they have, like, nice dresses around. Yeah, exactly. See? You're overthinking it. Yeah, he just gets them for his patients. They're right. like, hey, I'm having a baby. I can't fit in my prom dress anymore. Do you think your daughter would fit into that? Okay, we figured it out. Yeah. That's it. And Heath Ledger's loaded because he's getting paid for every date that he goes on, like, 75 bucks. I love that he was like, here's $200. That should cover your tux and your limo and the tickets and all the stuff for prom. I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, is this prom in the 20s? Uh, prom's expensive. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and he didn't, he didn't get a tux at the end. Nice outfit. 
I'll give him that. That that outfit holds up, I think. You could wear that nowadays. And yeah, look for sure. Great. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in a two-big suit. Yep, sure. Naturally. Yep. Yeah. Julia yeah. Stiles is inoffensive. It's, it's yeah, fine. It's that, that actually seems vaguely reasonable for, like, a high school prom. Yeah. Chastity shows up again just to be mean. It's like, hey, we got one black girl in the movie. What are we going to do with her? Just have her be mean to one of them. <laughs> And what do we do with the black guy? Just have him be mean to one of the white girls. I don't know what you need to do. <laughs> There's nothing else that needs to be done. The character writes itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we're at prom. It's like oh, a live band. <laughs> my favorite part. My favorite part of this prom is when Heath Ledger, the uh, Ju- Julia Stiles' favorite band, comes on stage and starts playing, and she looks over. At Patrick, and he's like, oh, and he's like, yeah, I called in a few favors. I'm sorry, you're 17 years old. What favors are you calling in? Yeah, how does he have favors? Who does he kill? Like, what happened? I'm a 28 year old woman. I don't have favors. What's happening? Yeah, but she is blown away by by the fact that they're there, and yeah. sparks are flying. Um, but unfortunately, it's not working out for Bianca, and it leads to Joey getting. His ass kicked by a pint-sized Cameron. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no, no. Joey punches Cameron. Punches Cameron, and then Bianca punches Joey. Oh, right. Bianca beats him You're right. That's an important point to clear up. I shouldn't deny Bianca her moment. Yeah. But not before Joey ruins all of this. Right. And spills the beans on uh, his grand plot. Right. That he's been paying Patrick to date. What's Katarina? Yeah, and Katarina's mad for all of 45 seconds, storms out of the prom. And then we finally, in school the next day, Heath Ledger did not call her very upset. We finally get the 10 Things I Hate About You poem that we've been waiting for since we knew the title of the movie. So exciting. Yeah, and it's really, it's like, it's like rudimentary. It's it's a shitty poem, is what it is. She's a better woman than that. She is a feminist. She seems like she really cares about things. She could have done a lot better than that. I'm just yeah. mad that this is... You're finding out that the only reason someone engaged with you is because they were paid off to do it. And by the next day, which she's had this assignment for like two weeks. Yeah, she definitely had a different poem that she should have written by then if she were a good student. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make this my moment and I'm gonna reconcile. And she writes this. He's already got like a two thousand dollar guitar purchase apparently to just leave in her unlocked car. Yeah, and dangerous. That, dangerous. That's it. So dangerous. They're just okay. like, you know what? And then he doesn't fucking apologize. Yep. Seriously. What the fuck? She takes all this. She gets up in front of the class and she's like, yeah, I still like you. And he doesn't even say I'm sorry. Because he's too cool. Oh, frustrates well, you know, me to no end. You know, maybe her love language is gifts. And so. Defender Strat. So. Defender Strat was a pretty nice gift. She doesn't need the words of affirmation. She just needs the gifts. That's really. probably it. Also, they didn't do the callback. The obvious callback to the first time he tries to ask her out and he talks about the vintage fenders on her car and then he doesn't 
mention that he bought her a Fender. Like, it doesn't come up as, like, nice Fender or something, some dumb shit like that. Screenwriting 101, okay? If you have Fenders in Act A, you bring them up in Act C. Like, it's not that difficult. <laughs> I mean, at least they got the same guitar that she was playing in the guitar shop. Sure, sure, fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's just, it goes to show, like, the beginning of this movie is pretty well written, and this, the end of it is just, like, they're rushing to just get things done. Yeah, so, yeah. But, I, I mean, we're at, we're at the end of it, right? Like, I did not like this movie as a movie. I liked it as, like, a time capsule to the 90s. Yeah. And seeing these stars be super young in super bad fashion, hearing, like, an, a pretty good soundtrack, in my opinion. Yeah. Um... And like seeing old Seattle, like that was old. People are going to like listen to this and be like, "You oh forgot my God, about the, the the ending credits where the band's playing on top." Oh yeah, yeah. When she the gets school. the guitar, she's like, "How they shoot that?" I don't know. Helicopter. Because I'm like, I, I'm thinking like nowadays you just use a drone, right? right. But did they actually use a helicopter? Because during the credits, they have a credit for helicopter operator. That must have been it. It must have been for that. But I thought that was like the, when I was like, yeah, that was a very 90s movie. And then we look up and it's like the band playing on top of, I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's all 90s. The band plays on top of the roof. There's bloopers during the credits. Like it's very, very 90s. Yeah, uh, so that's like, to me, and yes, there are some jokes that I thought were funny. I mean, I don't think even terrible movies have like moments that make you laugh. Like, this is just like Heath Ledger grinning at the camera, being vaguely Australian the whole time, and being a time capsule of the 90s for me. And I'm like, that's all I'm getting out of it, going so back to it. So you would not recommend? I mean, if you, I think having the if nostalgia factor. seen it. No, this is not like a movie that I think without seeing... Like, you're missing out. Like, I think go watch Not Another Teen Movie and get all of the yeah. best parts of this distilled into why they're so ridiculous and laugh about that and not, like, have to trudge through a whole bunch of, like, really clunky teen acting or really, really awkward or offensive dialogue. But... You mentioned the teen acting. I do like that they got teenagers. I mean, maybe Heath Ledger was an adult at this point, but they got teenagers for all the other characters, which does not happen now. Now you have a 27-year-old portraying an 18-year-old, and you're supposed to believe that somehow they have the perfect skin and the perfect body and like everything. And then you're like, eh. And they're like perfect they, they, they actors. They did it in Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming, most of those people looked like they were in high school. Fair. But most movies, I want to say, most especially rom-coms right. now, will or be TV. like, look, this person's supposed to be 16 years old and they're actually 27 in real life. And you're like, all right, calm down. But I did, it was, I mean, it makes it bad, right? But it, it, made, it made it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, that's, so I mean, that's my, my summary is like, fun to watch, we'll never revisit this movie. Fair. Yeah. All right. So Colleen, what about you? Um, I feel like I just love Heath Ledger so much that I would recommend it to people still, but I also, it wasn't good. Um, I'll give you that. It was funny too, because I was texting my mom about it. She was asking what was going to be on the podcast. I was, I told her 10 things I hate about you. She was like, I love that movie. And afterwards I almost texted her to be like, are you sure? Like when's the last time you've seen it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but my mom also is one of those like she really likes the older like she likes to read like what did they watch when we were there for christmas uh that was actually a good one the one with the janitor 
that does the math problem. Goodwill Hunting's an amazing movie. Yeah. But like my point is my family is very into watching the older movies and revisiting rather than I mean, they watch new movies too. But I which also makes me feel like that's why I like older movies as well. Like that's why I'll watch a movie twelve times instead of watching a new movie. Uh but I wanna say overall, if somebody were like, Man, what's a good movie that I should watch this weekend? I would not recommend Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I I had a lot of problems with this movie. Um, it's, it very much shows its age. Uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's just so nineties. It's very clunky towards the end. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would definitely recommend 10 things I hate about you. I really liked it. Um, the first <laughs> half of this movie, the first half of this movie is great. The first 40 minutes I absolutely love. Uh, it's, it's really well-written comedy. I think it makes it actually in retrospect makes not another teen movie less funny because the material they were working with was actually already funny. Yeah. Like the stuff they started with was pretty funny. And I think it's pretty meta at the beginning. I, I, I'm willing to forgive the fact that it it becomes a more conventional movie later on. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's the nature of the beast is I think it probably, they needed to make a movie. And so somebody was like, this needs to, you need to like all the characters at the end and all this stuff. But uh, I, I like, that's why I stopped taking notes after the first 10, 15 minutes. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy this movie. Uh, and I did. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, one, of the, one of the things I kept thinking is because I knew that this was just like a retelling of Taming of the Shrew, which I actually read at one point in high school. And I bet if I had watched it closer to when I had read the play and were, was picking up on all the references and basically how they were spinning like what they were doing i probably would have enjoyed it a lot more um i actually think at times watching it now i was trying to reach for the nostalgia of reading that play more than i was in the 90s and then like that two leaps was like just not working so i was just like yeah it's just a bad movie yeah yeah and i think i actually forgot that it was a reference to taming of the shrew until michael calls her a shrew and then I was like, oh, right, this is Taming of the Shrew. Like, it just all flooded back to me. Uh, I've never read Taming of the Shrew. Me neither. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a big Shakespeare guy, to be honest. Uh, Same. I just, I like the things that he's inspired, but I'm not going to really go back and read old Shakespeare. That's, That's just fair. Not who I well, am. Aren't you guys uh, so special? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this movie, I don't know, I think it's very enjoyable. I, I think it has a, it, it hurts me in a way because it's, it's plot structure is just very conventional. Like you could, you could very much tell where it's going. Yeah, of course. Part. I mean, like, you know, nature of it. you know, they're yeah. going to be together, right? Like, right. Cause like, you yeah. know, it's a rom-com, right. but yeah. So, Which is like rom-coms today are still the same way. So, so yeah. even, even with the nostalgia lacking, cause you said you've never seen it, like, you're you're it putting this in the recommend. Plenty of nostalgia, just not necessarily if you haven't seen the movie for the movie. It's just very yeah. like nostalgia. If you existed filled. in the nineties, yes, exactly. Sure, right. But I, I I wouldn't say it was particularly nostalgic for me. You know, it would have to be a very specific type of evening somebody was looking for. But I could see watching this movie and having a good time with it. Like you know, it's like something to throw on if you're just like yeah. chilling on the couch Hell with yeah. a significant other. I yeah. could see just like. Yeah, shooting I, the shit and watching this movie. I, I think that's that's perfect. Like, yeah. I definitely did not think it was a good movie. I won't recommend it, but did I enjoy watching it? Right. Sure. Like, yeah. If I'm in a conversation with someone and somehow Heath Ledger comes up and they're like, "Oh man, remember ten things I hate about you?" I'd be like, "Go home and watch it right now. You're gonna love it." 
But yeah. if it wasn't, if I wouldn't out of the blue be like, you know, it's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe five things I hate about ten things I hate about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I couldn't come up with ten things I hated about ten things I hate about you. I I had things I didn't like about ten things I didn't hate about you. Um, ten things I love about ten things I hate about you. Heath Ledger, number one. Number two, Heath Ledger. And yeah, that's about it. Just Number Heath Ledger. Three through ten. Yeah. All Heath Ledger. Heath Love Ledger. Him. He's perfect. All right. I miss him. I miss him too. R.I.P. Come back next week when everything you remember sucks will be back. All right. <laughs>